Praise the Lord. That went fast. How's everybody doing? Are you ready for the word of God? You ready for God just to pour into your heart some hope? Oh, what do we have going on here? My favorite ministry in the church, our babies. <laughs> oh, this is so sweet. Oh. Oh my goodness, flowers are my favorite in the world. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. Aw. Aw, we love our babies. Thank you. Hi, sweetheart. Oh, you all look so beautiful. Oh my goodness. We love Pastor Barb. I love you guys. Thank you so much. I love them. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for thinking of me and loving on me. Can we pray for our children this morning? We're going to pray over you guys. You guys need some prayer this morning? Okay, Father, we thank you. Oh, what? Do I have something else? Yes, I would love that. Father, we thank you for our children. We thank you that, God, they are blessed. They are favored. They are covered with the blood of Jesus, God. As they go into the world and into the school, God, they walk by faith and not by sight. We thank you that your spirit goes with them, behind them, and before them, Lord God, that they are blessed and favored. And, God, that then this generation will arise with the call of God in their life. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, Amen and amen. Thank you, sweetie. Ray David asked if he could pray. He's a new big brother, so we're going to let him pray. I would like to thank my mom for raising me and for going through the things to make me a strong and powerful man in Jesus Christ. Because my father, he's not a good man. He's not. And my mom told me about the Jesus Holy Spirit led me to these moments. Father, God, I want to thank you for my mom. Amen. <laughs> I think we might have a little preacher on our hands over here. <laughs> hi, baby. You want to say hi? Say hi. I'll hold the mic. You just say hi. You. Oh, okay. All right. It's all good. All right. A woman with short words. She's going to be a good wife. Hallelujah. All right. Love you all. Thank you so much. I'm using both the mics here. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I love you. Have a good class. Thank you, Ray David, for sharing. Praise God. What a blessing this morning. Love our little babies. All right. Well, I'm excited. Today we have some fun festivities for everybody. You want to say something too or are you just thanking God? Okay. I'm like, everybody just has something to say today. We'll just have open mic Sunday. Why don't we just... <laughs> um, anyway, we have a great day planned for all of you. I'm so glad you're here. I see some new faces and if you don't have a church home, we'd like to say welcome home. God brought you to a place that we will love you back to life. That is our mission statement here at Faith Builders. So no mistakes, you're here, and I'm believing God is going to pour into you. Amen? Father, we thank you for this time of the Word of God. We cherish this moment because God, as worship opens up the spirit, the Word plants the hearts in seeds in the hearts, God. And we just thank you that those seeds are going to go into good ground and give life and hope today. In Jesus' precious name, everyone said?
Amen and amen. Thank you so much, Alex. Well, I um, am starting a mini-series. I don't know how many weeks it's going to go. I don't know. It could be just today, but it may be a little mini-series. But uh, the title is called Where is God? And I put this together because I just kind of feel like we're in a season where maybe God has not really manifested the things that you've been believing God for, some dreams and desires. Maybe there's been some prophetic words that have been spoken over your life that hasn't come to pass yet. Can you raise your hand this morning if there's been a word over your life and you haven't seen it fulfilled yet? See, that's what I'm talking about. And I really want to share with you today that even though God may seem like he's not present, he's there. And I want to give you some hope that in the silenceness of God, he is still moving in the supernatural in your life. And God doesn't want you to quit, and he doesn't want you to grow weary. He doesn't want you to give up. Amen? I believe this is the time that we really need to have some bulldog faith. And when you may not feel God or see God or hear God, you just keep fighting the good fight of faith because I believe miracles are going to be released into your life. Amen. My dad did a message many years ago. The devil uh, can fight hard, but he can't fight long. You know, and, and in scripture, only 40 days did we see where the enemy could only fight for 40 days. And then the miracle had to come to place. So I believe it's just time to get excited and hopeful and, and get our faith active again because God is doing amazing things um, in your life and in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to talk to you about some things that we need to just get our alignment in with the Spirit of the Lord and what the Lord is saying in situations in our life, amen? And maybe you've just found yourself in situations that you didn't put yourself there. It's just life put you there. And then you may find yourself in situations that maybe you made some poor choices and you just found yourself in the situation that you're in. And I want you to know no matter where you're at, God is there. And God can work all things together for good because that is how God is. He will always take hard things and make them be glorified in his honor. Amen. So I want you to get excited about the things in your life that look backwards, that kind of look where God is absent and go, no, God's word says so much more in that moment that you, do, you don't feel that God is there. Amen. So you may feel sometimes that God is inattentive. Has anybody ever felt that way? You don't have to raise your hand. God, it seems like you're paying attention to everybody else, right? But you don't know where I live. It's like God forgot my address. And, you know, it's so hard because as Christians, it, we may see other, hear other people about God blessing them, and they got the promotion, and, and they've got the favor, and they just built a house. And it seems like everybody else is being blessed, and you're like, God, what am I? You know, what's going on in my life that I'm not seeing the blessings that I know that you called me to walk into, amen? You may see friends that got a job that they love, and they're happily married, and they've got little twiddly birds that just surround them as they walk in the church parking lot, whistling love songs over them, which is not true in marriage. Every married people said, oh, you're all quiet. Women, that was your chance, and y'all were quiet. No, but so we've got to realize that when God isn't doing what we think he should be doing, he is still moving. And we have to remember that God's timing is not our timing, amen? What he's doing is not always going to align in the time that we think he's going to manifest it. I think sometimes in the frustration, I don't know if you're like me, but I think, God, you can do this thing. Like, I get a little frustrated. I'm like, wait a minute, God. Just one little, you know, snap of your fingers, you can turn a situation around. Like, you're, you're a God that can move mountains. You're the great I am. Like, I know you can change this situation. And I think sometimes that's where frustration gets in is like, well, why isn't he doing it yet? You know, when I know that he can do it and it seems like he's got favors because he's doing it for other people. Sometimes God just doesn't make sense, does he? 
And I want you to know this morning, you're not the only one that's in that boat. We are all in a boat where sometimes we don't understand that God doesn't make sense in his timing and in his ways in situations that we find ourselves in. So what do we do when God seems inattentive or when God seems silent? Has anybody ever been in a silent moment where God just is not speaking to you? He, you, you have no direction or idea what God is going to do in this hour. And I know when the churches went through COVID and, and all that time, and God really told me, I want you to don't do anything that I don't tell you to do. You just sit, you pause, and you listen to what I have to say. And I'm like, cool, God, I can do that. I can pause and listen to God. But God didn't say anything. It's like he went silent on me. And I'm like, surely he's talking to every other pastor, these great directives and, and these great ideas to catapult this ministry. And I'm the only one that God is silent with. And I learned that in those silent moments is where we build our trust in God. We have to pull on and lean on what the word of God says and let that word that's in us be our final authority that even though God is silent, it doesn't mean he's not moving. And it's such a vulnerable place to be when you really want God to speak directions or, or show you breakthrough and it isn't happening. But you can't compare yourself to others. You can't worry about the season that you're in. I thought Justin's word he gave this morning was so beautiful that God still reigns. He still sits on the throne and no matter what our circumstances look like, like, right? So what does Proverbs 19.21 say? I love this scripture verse, but it can be a frustrating scripture verse. Many are the plans and a purpose in a person's heart. We all have plans, don't we? We think this is the way it should be done. This is the ABCD. This is the timing that it should be done. We all have a plan, but that's not always God's plan. And the word says, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevail. So what do we want in the hour when God doesn't seem to be talking, when he doesn't seem to be paying attention to you, what, what do we want as believers? We want the purposes of God to prevail. I may not understand why the situation is here. I may not understand why it's not changing, but I know God has a purpose through it all. Because he will turn all things together for good. So wherever you're at and you may not feel God or hear God, you have to know God still has a purpose for you. He has a purpose in your life, in your marriages, in your finances, and in your children. Amen? So, praise God. Let my first point this morning is this. Just because God is silent doesn't mean that he is absent. Just because he's silent doesn't mean he is absent. He is working all things together for good behind the scenes. And what happens is when we don't hear God speak and give us a directive when we're feeling anxious about stuff, what do we start to do? We start to move really fast and make wrong decisions. We start making emotional decisions because I want to fill this gap. I want to fill the void. I want to make everything better. We want to strive to create change. And God's like, wait a minute. I'm causing this season of silence for you to tune back into my spirit and to trust what I'm doing in and through your life. And when, that's why when, I want, when the church went wacko in 2020, I wanted to do 100 things. Like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. I wanted to strategize. I wanted my plans to prevail for good, but I still wanted the plans to prevail. And God said, no, stop doing everything. Stop. He said, because there's an anointing in the pause. And when God gets silent, there's, there's a pause he wants in your life so you can hear his directive clearly. Because sometimes God puts away the old to birth the new. He puts the new wineskins on, which I'm studying right now. I'll probably bring it as a teaching soon. But he puts on those new wineskins. Why? Because the new wine can't be poured into the old wineskins lest they burst. 
And so this new thing that God is doing in the kingdom, it's not just one person here and there. If you are a Christ believer follower and have Jesus in your life, you have had wineskins on in the last few years. And they're uncomfortable and God is silent. Why? Because he's pouring in the new wine in and through your life. We don't want the old ways anymore. We don't need to rely on the old things. We need the new. God, what are you saying in this moment? And if you have to silence everything in my world, I will embrace it to hear what you have to say. Amen. So just because God is silent doesn't mean he is absent. Just because you don't hear him doesn't mean he doesn't hear you. Get that in your spirit. Sometimes you may feel like your prayers are hitting the ceiling. God hears you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. He's silent for a purpose, and we don't know why, and it's frustrating, but we have to trust the process of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean he isn't with you. Isn't that good? And that's walking by faith. Um, we're going to look at a few verses today about John the Baptist. I, you know, you all know I love John the Baptist because he's made so many mistakes, and yet God still has his hand on his life. Somebody say amen. Aren't you glad to know that even in our failures, God is still with us? And that's what this is about today. God will always make a way. And John the Baptist was a crazy prophet. He was Jesus' cousin. He was the one that ate, uh, wrapped himself in animal skin, you remember, in the Old Testament. And he ate locusts and honey. And he shouted, prepare the way and, and repent. And all the people loved John the Baptist. And in this story that I'm going to read to you out of Mark, there was a scandal going on. And what had happened is um, King Herodus, I believe his name was, Herod, Herod Antipas, he was married, and he fell in love with his brother's wife, Herodias. And he left his, brothers, uh, left his wife and started having an affair with Herodias. John the Baptist got word of this. Can you only imagine how he responded to this, being John the Baptist? So in this part of the story, Herodias, she hated John the Baptist because John the Baptist was going to call out the sin. He wasn't afraid to do that. So let's look at this in verse 17 of Mark 6. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of Herodias, his brother, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. For John had been saying to Herod, it is not lawful for you to have a, your brother's wife. He called out the sin. So Herodias, being a woman, nursed a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But she was not able to. Do, able to. But because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and a holy man. So what do we see here? She wanted to kill him, but John had God's hand on him, and she wasn't able to kill him at that moment. And look at John's life, though. He's faithfully serving God. And I want you to picture yourself in this world. Faithfully serving God. He announced the, the uh, arrival of Jesus. He said, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. He was following all the plans of God. He said, I'm not worthy to even untie his sandals. And yet Jesus used him. He was, but in this moment that he did everything to follow God, he found himself put in prison. Has anybody ever been there before? You've done everything to follow God. Maybe you've stepped away from friends that weren't righteous and godly. You said, I'm going to lay my life down and follow God. Maybe you changed your behavior. You've been faithful to God. You've been serving and tithing. And yet you find yourself in a place of being imprisoned. And you're wondering, God, why am I here? 
Why am I in this place? I feel like I've done so well to follow you and honor you and obey you, and yet I found myself in prison. John even took blows for Jesus. He was always in the background protecting Jesus, and yet he found himself in prison. And what we're going to find in this scripture that I'm going to read to you is even John had a human nature. Even him, he wondered in himself, why am I here? And also, where are you, Jesus? Because Jesus could have showed up at any moment at any time to supernaturally unlock the prison doors. I mean, there could have been an earthquake like we've seen before. There could have been a fire. There could have been angels showed up and manifested. Jesus had the ability to show up, and yet John found himself in this moment alone in prison. And that's where we find ourselves in bondage and captivity because we're like, why isn't Jesus showing up in the scene right now where I need him? And how many know he will, but it's not always on our time frame. It isn't always the way that we think it should be. And so in the human nature we see in scripture, he began to have second thoughts about Jesus. So let's look at that. In Matthew 11, uh, verse 2 through 3, it says this. We get a little insight to John's emotions. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah. Think about that. He's locked in prison, and he's hearing all the good things Jesus is doing. And, and as I was reading that scripture, I'm like, well, how? How did he hear about, you know, what Jesus was doing? I thought, well, maybe the disciples came and visited him and be like, yeah, we're just down the street, John. We're just hanging out on the corner, and Jesus is opening blind eyes. Jesus is, you know, raising the dead. All these miracles are happening. And John is hearing of all this stuff Jesus is doing, but why isn't Jesus coming to my prison cell? Jesus is doing miracles for strangers, and yet I have followed him. I have obeyed him. I've laid my life down for him, and I'm still in prison. Jesus, where are you, right? And so it goes on to say, um, that his, his, he sent his disciples to ask Jesus. So the ones that were there, he sent them out, are you the one who is to come or should we expect someone else? He began to wonder, are you really Jesus, the miracle worker? Because why wouldn't you show up in this moment of my life where I need you? He began to question who Jesus was and the miracle power that he had. That just needs to show you that it's very normal to get frustrated when you find yourself in seasons where you are locked up and it seems like nothing is happening. There's no breakthrough. There's no miracle. But Jesus is still performing miracles for other people. And that's where we have to lean in and trust God and know what God's word says. What does God's word say when you are bound, when the enemy is oppressing you? I'm going to give you some at the end of the message. So I will send you home with some hope. So let me say hallelujah. I mean, he even knew Jesus turned the water into wine, right? And so he said, go find out and to ask Jesus this for me. So let's see what Jesus' reply. I imagine that he would think Jesus would be like, I'm almost there, John. I'm on my way, bro. Like I have a few more miracles to perform, but you're next on my list, right? You think you're going to get this words of hope. Jesus never said that. So let's look in verse 4. Jesus replied, go back and report to John what you hear and what you see. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised, and the good news is proclaiming to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. There wasn't one word that Jesus was coming to be the hero in that moment for John the Baptist. He didn't say, I'm coming, you know, with the sword to, you know, to wreak havoc on the enemy. He didn't say, I'm on my way. Thank you for being faithful to me. Thank you for laying down your life. Thank you for following me. He didn't hear any of that in that moment. 
and how challenging that is, is, it is, amen, when Jesus doesn't show up when we think that we think he should show up. And we go, are you really God that performed miracles? Are you really the great I am? Because I'm not experiencing that in my life right now. Don't raise your hands. Has anybody been there before? Yes, we've all been there. And so there comes a place where we just wonder, Jesus, are you going to show up in my life? And is there going to be a miracle? If you remember the first scripture that I opened up with in Proverbs 19 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purposes that prevail. So we have to ask ourselves in this season, what is the purpose of this season, God? What is the purpose? What are you trying to do in and through my life that I can't hear you? And I don't know that you're with me. I don't know that your favor is with me. You begin to rely on what God's purpose is in that season. If you want me to crucify my flesh, I'll crucify my flesh. If you want me to lay some things down, I'll lay some things down. If you want me to get closer to you and, and get in your word again and, and begin to talk to you, I will do that. Ask the Holy Spirit the one or two things that you should do in this season when you don't hear feel him because when he told me to to stop doing he gave me instruction he said but do what I tell you to do see God is always looking to talk the important things when we learn to be silent amen he's not looking to say a lot of things he's looking to say some significant things in your season why because there's a change that needs to happen big in your life and without hearing that significant voice of God you can never experience the purpose of that season of God working all things together for good I've been serving the Lord a long time and I've had seasons where I wondered God why am I in this season I mean I literally have a list of them that I I question what I should share with you but the one that was big in my heart is when, when I left my dad's church in Beloit, Wisconsin, I was the youth pastor. Many have heard this story, but um, I, it, we had a great youth ministry. The church was healthy and happy. I wasn't trying to run away from every, anything. And I got this word from God that I was going to be sent to Arizona to find my destiny. Like that was such a broad word. Like, yes, you know, all my dreams and desires are going to come to pass. I'm, pass. I'm sent to find my destiny. And I just herald coming to Arizona and starting this new fresh thing that God has. And in my plans... It was to meet a really awesome man of God, <laughs> get married, have some children, start our own ministry with my own identity. Like, that's what I saw in my future. I still see that in my future. Not children, thank you, Jesus, but <laughs> that, that boat has passed. Hallelujah. I'm waving at it. Grandchildren, yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. No, don't even say that. <laughs> She's like, well, nope. <laughs> but I, I had a plan. And, and those purposes are God. They're God's purposes. Those are desires of my heart, and they're not going to go unfulfilled. But God had his purpose. So when I came here, I didn't find any of that. I found myself, actually, my life looked like it went backwards. I had a beautiful office with windows, running the church. Now I'm working for these guys that are just young and inexperienced, you know, that I had to submit to. I found myself in a cubicle. My life looked so backward. I'm like, how did I land here, God? How did I get here? It does not look like promotion. It's not the plans of my heart. It looks so backwards. And I remember one day sitting there, I wasn't allowed to pray at the altars at that time, at the beginning. They were just trying to learn and trust me. But I remember sitting there going, staring at my little gray cubicle. And I went, don't they know who I am? 
I am Barb Pruitt. I'm a woman of God. I can pray the house down. I can move with signs and wonders. I built this and I built that. But see, God had another plan for Barb Pruitt. Yes, I had developed all those abilities and my giftings and callings, but there was another part of ministry the Lord wanted to take me through, and it wasn't the season that I wanted. I had to learn a new role of submission. I had to learn to uh, build a team without being the pastor's daughter. I was nobody special in that church, and I had to learn to, to build that ministry on God and, and on people, you know, attracting them, and I had to learn to submit, but I also learned wonderful things. I learned ministry at a level of 6,000 people. People. I traveled with my pastor's wife. I, I learned, she, I got so much mentorship in that season that really made me the pastor that I am today. And had I got frustrated with the season that I wanted that I didn't have, I've never, I would not be in the moment that I am right now. And if I was given this moment, I probably wouldn't be a good pastor. I probably would be learning some things with you along the way. Not to say that I'm still not, but I allowed, I wanted to run away from it. I didn't like that season. I didn't want to be where I was at. I had another plan, but God had a purpose. So you have to trust the purpose. Say, okay, God, what's in this season? I realize I got a little bit of pride going on in me. Don't they know who I am? <laughs> I didn't realize that. I realized in moments that I didn't want to be in what was in there. And when God grows silent, what's in me? Do I have unforgiveness? Am I angry? You know, do I, do I, have I lost trust in God? Like, what is going on in there that God wants to get out of this season where he's quiet? And when we're quiet before the Lord, he will speak those things. And you go, I have an assignment from God. I'm going to learn to forgive. I'm going to get rid of anger. We come to a brick wall with God sometimes, don't we? And God's like, I have you here for a reason. Because what I'm about to do for you is going to blow your mind. But I don't want you to take the old into the new. And the longer that you stay with the old, the longer you will sit waiting for the new. So it isn't God punishing you. This is somewhere in my notes here. It's not God punishing you. God's not trying to hurt us. No, he's trying to get the stuff out of us so that I can go into the new day. I can go into new relationships. I can go to, you know, go in whatever God has for me without carrying the old and what God has for my new. You know, I've taught about it the last few weeks about the filters. Those are the seasons that in those inattentive times where we're wondering where, why we're where we're at. It's because God wants to remove the filters in our life. Amen. And again, I have hundreds of stories, but God will open and close doors for you. We love those open ones, don't we? Woo, hallelujah, pray the Lord. But don't dare shut a door on me, God. Don't dare say no to me, right? We don't like that because it's the plans we have. God says, nope, not yet. Not to say it's a no, just not yet maybe. It may be a no, but it also may just be a not yet. So we have to rejoice in the open doors and in the closed doors, amen? God will use that season where he hasn't fulfilled his promises yet to fulfill his purpose. That was not in my notes. I think that was pretty good. We need to rewind that and tweet it. <laughs> All right, so how are we going to see the goodness of God? How do we do that? We should not interpret, this is so important, we should not interpret the goodness of God through our circumstances. So in other words, I don't look at my circumstance and try to find God's goodness. No, it's the opposite. Instead, we interpret our circumstances through God's goodness. It's just the opposite. 
So I'm facing this thing, but where's God's goodness at? Where's his hope? Where's his promise? What does the word say about it? I'm going to get the goodness of God and apply that to my circumstance, amen? Otherwise, the circumstances will trip us up and we'll never see the goodness of God in it and we'll get discouraged, amen? Thank you, Jesus. My faith is not my plan. My faith, my, excuse me, my faith is not in my plan, right? My faith is in God's purpose. So take the plans that you thought were God and just... Not, they're not mine anymore. I'm not going to put my faith in that anymore. I'm going to put my faith in God's purpose. What is God's purpose over my life? What is his plan? What is his agenda? God has great things in store for every one of you, amen? Great and amazing promises. Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that all things, work, all things God works for the good of those who love him. God has not stopped loving you. He's not forsaken you. He's not abandoned you. It's not based on feelings and emotions. Can somebody say amen? I very rarely feel this amazing emotion from God. And when I do, I love it and I relish it. But everything else is faith into his purpose and to his plan. So I know that God will work all things together for good because he loves me. He wants his best for me. He wants his best for you. He, his Bible says that he already wrote a book about you. All your days were numbered. We learned that last week. So he already knows the goodness of your life. He knows the end of the story. And listen, God wrote a great story for your life. Isn't that great? Why? Because he does exceedingly abundantly above what you think, dream, or imagine. So whatever plan we have that is so like, this is so God, God's like, that's nothing to me. If you could see what I have for you, if you could see the plans that I have in the next chapter of your life, you will see my goodness through my silence. So good, amen. All things who have been called according to his purpose. Number two, you don't have to understand the plan to trust his purpose. The best things God's ushered me in, I never understood the plan. I never understood why God put me in certain places at certain times, but I never cast off restraint. I never ran from it. I wanted to. I had some really nice tennis shoes to run right out of the tight places with God. I was, shoot, I was seeing the horizon. But then something inside of me says, God must have something so amazing. If this season feels so void of him, there must be something so amazing just on the other side of trusting him. Amen. Hallelujah. So you don't have to understand the plan to trust his purpose. Jesus in the garden, we know, he cried out to God, is there any other way but this God? His heart was rent, not to die on the cross. He wanted to do that. He didn't want to be absent from his father. He lived for the will of his father. Everything he did is because what his father said, and he didn't want that time of not being in his father's presence. He said, is there another way, God? Has anybody been there? God, is there any other way than this? Is there any other journey than this pain or, or this not understanding? And sometimes God says, you just trust me. And even Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because in that moment, he saw his father who he loved, who he cherished, lived for, turn his back on him. And we know it's because the sins of man was put on Jesus and God can't look on sin. But he felt the moment of the father that he loved and served abandon him. So when the Bible says that Jesus knows everything that we have gone through, it is true. He understands this silent moment where you don't feel like he's there. He knows this moment. But he also knows the end of the story. Amen. 
You don't have to understand the plan to trust God's purpose. I'm going to close this morning with five reasons to trust God's timing. Five reasons. And let this be, as I was praying for a sweet sister at the altar, let this be an anchor of your hope today. Hope is like an anchor of your soul. It keeps you, it keeps you solid. Because when the winds of life come and the disappointments and the fears, it's going to toss you to and throw and it will be a mess. The only thing that can anchor you in a storm is an anchor. And it's the hope of God's word. That's the only thing we can stand on in the seasons where I'm telling you, you know, last couple years of my life, it's been tossed. I'm like, God, where I'm like coming up for breath. Like, oh, you know, I'm just barely can get my head out of the water. And it's only been the word that keeps you staying where you're at, being faithful where you're at. Amen. Because we serve a God who will turn things around for good. So let's look at this. Number one, God knows the future and he knows the past. He knows it all, and he knows all the plans that he has for your life. Isaiah 46.10 says this, only I can tell you the future before it happens. I'm deciding if I want to say something about horoscopes and all that garbage. I probably sh shouldn't have to say it. <laughs> but I don't forget what they're called. I can't even think of their names. Who tells horoscopes and stuff? psychics and all that garbage only god can tell your future now the devil is a counterfeit and he can tell some truths that he knows from the old days and all that kind of stuff but the voice you need to follow is the voice of the holy spirit and no other because the devil is a deceiver and a liar and he will have an emotional agenda to attach you to if it doesn't come from the voice of god I was so disappointed I was watching Kelly Clarkson. I love her, and I know she loves Jesus, but she had those car a card reader on there, and I was just mortified. I'm like, once you open up to that spiritual realm, you have welcomed demons into your life. I've seen it over and over. Hollywood that starts seeking psychics, all of a sudden illness hits their body, mental illness hits them, because you open up to the demonic realm when you start relying on psychics and wizardries and, and, and stones and all that kind of stuff that's here. No, Jesus is our source, amen? The devil is only a counterfeit, that's all. He is not the truth. All right, so only I can tell you the future before it happens. Everything I plan will come to pass. For I do whatever I wish. There's your promise. You should put that on a sticky note and say, wherever I'm at, if God planned it, it's going to happen. If he promised it, he will fulfill it because he cannot lie. And if it, does, if it doesn't happen, it means he says, that's not the plan I have for you. I have something better. I have something that's going to blow your mind if I shut that door. Amen. And that's where we go, I'm going to trust God's purpose. I don't get the plan. It hurts, but I'm going to trust God's purpose. I have like the anointing all over me right now. I feel that for you. We see the world from a limited perspective, but God sees everything. Amen. He sees your dream job, your marriages. He sees you being restored. He sees your finances. He sees the favor. And all we have to do is follow him. Number two, his word never fails. His word will never fail. Isaiah 55, this is one of my favorite verses. I say that about almost all of them, but I really do love this one. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return back, right? But they water the earth. There's only one way for that, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that to which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing to which I sent it. 
When God says it, nothing can stop it. The only place the devil has is our mind and our emotions to torment us, amen, and make us feel like it's never going to happen. But God says, if I said it, nothing can stop it. Just like the rain will water the earth, my promise will be fulfilled in your life. So amazing. Thank you, Jesus. If he promised it, he will give it to you, amen. When God gave you a word, it was intentional. It was deliberate. If God promised you something, it's because it was intentional for your life. He's not playing games with us, amen? He just wants us to trust the process. Number, what am I on, three? <clears throat> God cares for you. We can look at this room and go, oh, God cares for you. No, God wants you to know, individually sitting in this room, God cares for you. I lie and say I'm his favorite, but I am lying, even though I want to feel that way. Matthew 10, 29 says this, are not two sparrows sold for a penny and not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father, but even the hairs of your head are numbered. I don't, I don't even have, fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than the sparrows. I don't even have it in this part of scripture, but he says, when you cry, I capture your tears in a bottle. I have a waterworks in heaven. I don't know how it works. I, I don't know what he does with those tears. But I know that he loves me so much that every tear I shed matters to God. He's there in that moment, and it matters to him, amen, that he says, I care for those tears, and I'd love to research. I don't know if you've ever done a research on that about tears in heaven, but I'd love to know what he does with those tears. Maybe he waters heaven with it. I don't know. So God isn't making you wait to hurt you. We just got to get that in our spirit, Amen. He has no intention of hurting you. If he's making you wait, it's for your good and for his glory. And you just have to trust that. All right, number four. Is it four? He has proven himself tr trustworthy before. God's been faithful. If you look at Deuteronomy 7, verse 9, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keeps his commandments to a thousand generations. Woo, that's some awesome covenant, amen? Pastor Lonnie said something on a Wednesday night. I wrote it in my phone. I speak it over my life every day. You don't know this. But it is, God, uh, prove your covenant to me. I think that was the prayer you prayed. Prove your covenant to me. And that just, that lit, that lit a fire within my spirit. I'm like, yeah, God, prove your covenant to me. If I'm in covenant with you, then I want you to show your covenant in my life. Amen? Hang on, because why? God does not lie. If he said it, he will do it. And you need to look back at your life and say, God, I know if you've been serving Jesus long enough, you've seen miracles of God in your life. Go back and look at what God has done. He has not failed you then. He will not fail you yet. Amen? Last but not least, five, he's always on time. He has a different watch than you, definitely has a different clock than mine, but he's always right on time, his time. 2 Peter 3.8, and I love this verse, says this, um, do not overlook the fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as is one day. When God looks at your life, and the Lord gave me this vision when I was 17 or 18. I was, just came to the Lord. Like, I surrendered my life to Jesus around 17. And I had this vision, and I saw a long path, like just this long path. And I, I was on it. I, was, I could see my little self walking on this path. And it just gave me a vision. And the scripture came to my heart 
But what the Lord was showing me is like, he sees my whole life. Like all I can see is this level. All I see is where I'm at right now. But God sees the whole, he looks down on me. And he told me, he says, you're, you're in my will. You're walking the way that you need to walk. And, and we, God doesn't just see the 24-7 that we see. He sees the big picture. And we have to trust that process. And, and in this vision, I walked up to this huge boulder in my, in my path. And I'm not going to go into the whole story, but it was a guy I was dating. And God was trying to set me up for ministry and be set apart for him. And I had this guy in my life. And, and the Lord says, you have to remove that boulder or you won't go further with me. And I'm like, I would never not serve you, God. Like, I'm totally surrendered to you. And God says, you have to remove the boulder. And I didn't, I didn't think much about it. And I went on still dating this guy. And many weeks later, I came and faced the boulder again. But this time, I wasn't looking at the boulder. This time, I had my back to the boulder. And I was walking away. And I was like, God, there's no way. I want to serve you for the rest of my life. I've given my life to you. And the Lord says, remove the boulder. You got to trust the process. And I did, and it was heartbreaking. I mean, I found myself at the back of my church laying across a pew, broken. I mean, I was just, why, if this is what God wants, why does it hurt so bad? Has anybody ever been there before? Well, you would think Jesus gives you some supernatural Jesus juice to get through those painful moments, and it wasn't. I, I was broken, and I was hurting, and I didn't understand things. But that's when I began to cry out to God, and God began to speak to me at 17. It was no longer just my parents. It was me personally. And he began to speak covenant with me, and he began to speak relationship with me, and it changed my whole life. And I can look back that God saw today. He saw 2022. He saw me in ministry and, and loving people back to life. And I didn't understand the journeys where he wanted me to remove the boulders and the broken hearts. But he always allowed purpose to prevail in that. And in that moment where I removed the boulder and I trusted God, God taught me who he was for the first time. I was raised in a Christian family, but I learned to hear God's voice. I, I learned to understand scripture for myself. I, I got my Christian friends. Like All these things begin to manifest in my life when I went through a broken time. God's purposes will always prevail, amen, and even the broken areas of your life. So let's go ahead and pray this morning. Father, I thank you today for this awesome time that we've had in church to worship you, God, to receive the word of God and to our fun festivities afterwards. And Lord, I just stand with every person that have felt, God, that you've been quiet, that you've been inactive, that they don't understand where they're at. Father, I just speak grace, grace over them. Just see the grace of God. Just receive that grace into your life that God will give you the grace to empower you through this hard season that you're facing. In this moment where you wonder where God is at, he is here for you and he loves you. And I thank you, God, that you give them this anchor of hope for their soul today. Let them leave here today having the bits of truth that they needed to hear to make it through tomorrow, God. And not only make it through, I just hear the Lord say, you're not going to just make it through this. You're going to be standing stronger than ever. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're going to be standing strong. I see you coming through this trials of your life and, and this quiet season that God is strengthening you and giving you wisdom and giving you insight to spiritual things that you're not just going to get through it, I hear the Lord say. You're going to come out blessed and victorious and rising in a new area of your life. <clears throat> and I release that over them now in the name of Jesus. Jesus. 
just let God's presence touch you right where you're at. Just a sweet anointing today. Just see his love covering you. Feel his, see his hope covering you. He's just filling you up in this moment. We thank you, Jesus. And I want to give everyone the opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you have been away from God and you just need to come back to him. Maybe you're like me that you just needed to come into your own relationship with Jesus. Now it's you and him, nobody else. God is pulling on your heart today. Wherever you're at today, God is pulling on your heart today. You are here for this moment, for this hour, for the love of God to just flood over your heart and your mind. And I want everybody, so that no one is saying this prayer alone today, just to repeat after me, say, Dear Jesus, I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my life. Make yourself real. Let me know your presence and let me hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord some praise this morning. I love you all. I'm going to welcome Pastor Lonnie to receive our tithes and offerings today.